You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to help you plan that unbelievable travel experience. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, excursions, and more in one place. There are over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from, so you can find something for everyone. And Viator offers free cancellation and 24-7 customer support for worry-free travel. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. Sharpen your pencils and get your notebooks out. It's time for the Star Seminar. And now, here are your hosts, Rabble Rouser and Danny Phantom. Welcome, one and all, to another edition of the Star Seminar. I am Professor Rabble Rouser, and with me is a Nobel laureate in meme busting, the great Danny Phantom. <laughs> Danny, how are you today, sir? You know, I'm doing great, Rabs. Uh, good to be here. Good to ready for this uh, great show we have today and uh you know i'm i'm surviving the the cowboys craziness and all the everybody just basically giving up on the team and uh turning in their fan card and uh th- it won't happen right here with this fan but i wanted to ask you have you ever been close i mean when was the last time you th- you know thought about turning in your fan card so what does turning in your fan card mean to you does that mean like, like stop stopping to watch together you are just fed up like you're contemplating i'm done following this this these guys enough is enough i'm 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 just spent i mean have you reached a point to where you've been close to that i have not i i i um they set the hook in me way back in the 70s and uh it's it's set so deeply i don't think that it'll ever be uh dislodged now i will say that it's not necessarily the Cowboys and the frustration over them not winning. That that doesn't really bother me so much because as we've talked about many times, I, rec- I recognize that so much of uh, NFL outcomes se- since the free agency era started are luck driven. It's more about the NFL and the way that the owners and the commissioner's office conducts themselves. Honestly, this, this cabal of billionaires sickens me, but I can't do anything about it. I, I hate the, the, the NFL as an organization and love the sport and there's nothing I can do about it. And I know that that's not going to change until the day I die. Yeah. Well, that's good to hear because honestly, I mean, it, it's, it's a, it's a rough gig sometimes being a Cowboys fan and it certainly comes with a lot of, uh, you know, a lot of opinions. I mean, sometimes people will like when, when the Cowboys get bounced in the playoffs, people will actually like almost like give me sympathy cards. It's just like they're, you know, they feel for, because just it's, it's just, you know, who, who I am. I will say this. I really had a tough time with the, um, the transition to Barry Switzer. Um, I don't know if yeah. I can remember a, a coach that I have loathed more than that and just the complete lack of um, any type of accountability that went on there. And just, I, I mean, if there was Twitter back in the late 90s or right after the Jimmy era, it would have just been straight up madness because – that was a tough time. And of course, when you talk about how we went through, you know, how you, you've talked 
multiple times about how we've been so lucky with the quarterback. Well, remember, there was a time where we weren't lucky. And, you know, between Aikman and Romo, that little gap, it was it was tough because, I mean, we would actually have seasons where you will go into it and it's like, you know, they didn't have any chance of winning. So, I mean, they weren't going to win a Super Bowl. All you could hope for, well, can we maybe make it to the postseason? So those weren't fun times. I, I mean, by no means would I ever want to turn my fan card in, but it was definitely rough. And that's one thing about this last decade. And I just, I always go into it film a lot of hope. I mean, as long as we stay healthy, I feel like this team's got a chance. We got, we got, we're going to be one of the, one of the teams that, that have a chance that could get the lucky bounce and, and win. I mean, so I don't know. A lot of, a lot of people are really frustrated with, uh, with the Cowboys, but um, yeah, I don't, it's just not in me to uh, be that desperate to where I want to give up on the team. So that's how I'm feeling. That, I think that's, that's fair. And I, I think that that's actually something we share. And, and I would even say that, that that's, one of the things that characterizes this particular podcast. Yeah, for sure. All right, Rabs, what do we have on the agenda today? I'm glad you asked. So our guest lecturer today is none other than the founder uh, and editor of Cowboys University, also known as Blogging the Boys, Dave Halpern. Um, So Dave uh, has just written a book a terrific book of college football trivia. And um, we're going to take our cue from Dave and we're going to take a break from all the free agency turmoil that you were just talking about and all the angst that everybody's having uh, and expressing um, and, and have, you know, a little break from all this before we, before we start heading into the end of free agency in the draft in the coming weeks, we're going to take a little break with a fun football trivia night. So get some popcorn, get some sodas. Let's gather in the family den and we'll play some football trivia. All right, let's do this. I am apoplectic with joy to welcome to the studio, the great Dave Halperin, the OG of OGs, the founder and editor of blogging the boys. Dave, how are you, sir? I'm doing very well. Very happy to be on your show. Great to talk to you guys today. Oh, man, it's, it's good to talk to you. Uh, you know, we haven't talked in, in ages. and It's great to talk to you and, and see you again. I, Dave is, you know, as I just said, the founder and editor of the site that's brought us all together. And uh, we all owe our, our Cowboys careers to Dave and, and the, the platform he's provided for us. But uh, more pertinent to today's conversation uh, Dave is the author of a book that just came out, and it's titled The Big Book of College Football Trivia, and it has 700 questions on a wide variety of categories from teams to coaches to bowl games, and in fact, is the inspiration for tonight's festivities. Uh, let me give you one example. This is question number 304 for those of you who are particularly curious, uh, and this is the question. Dave writes, in 2011... Danny, why don't you try to answer this? In 2011, which Texas school became the first Rose Bowl participant that didn't come from an automatically qualifying conference for postseason bowls, leapfrogging the better known competition? You say 2011? In 2011, yes. Okay. Well, I'll start off by saying I don't know this answer, but I bet those pesky Oregon Ducks had something to do with it. Um, I think that was after Pete Carroll left USC, and uh, so the Ducks were were really good back then. So they're probably in the in the championship game. Um, Texas, you know, I only know a handful of University of Texas, Texas A and M, Baylor, Texas Tech. 
University of Houston, are, are any of these correct? Dave, can you help the man out? Can, can, give me a, can you give me a hint? There's a hint in the question. Read that question at the end there again. Yes, there is. Yes, I'll, I'll, I'll put emphasis now on, on the correct syllable. Okay, so um, became the first Rose Bowl participant that didn't come from an automatically qualifying conference for postseason bowls, leapfrogging the better known competition. Um, it's the horny toads. Yes, it is. Ding, ding, ding. Well done. Well done. <laughs> that is actually part of a lot of questions in the book. There are little hints, not every question, but they're sprinkled in there to give you a little bit extra. Nice. That's clever. Yeah. So we're, we're going to play a little uh, more, a trivia game later on um, in which Dave's going to give us an opportunity to hear some more questions from, from his book, from his terrific book. Before we do that, though, Dave, I'd love to just take a moment to hear your general impressions on the Cowboys offseason thus far. Um, you know, what, what do you think of it? Uh, do you have any thoughts about like the best move they've made or maybe even the worst move they've made? Well, when I look at the, uh, the Cowboys offseason, I think it really comes down to two things. How do you view what they did with Amari Cooper? That's the first one. And the second one is how bad of a mess up was the Randy Gregory situation to you? If you take those two moves kind of out of the equation, it's almost been like a standard Cowboys free agency, right? Signing a lot of their own players, picking up some guys from other places who are, you know, risk, low risk, low cost. Maybe they'll hit you know, pick, pick it up guys who have played before, like with Dan Quinn. We saw a lot of that last year. So we're seeing that Dante Fowler this year. So in general, everything is pretty much standard practice for the Cowboys, except those two moves. So you really kind of decide your thoughts on how much you hate the off season or how much you're okay with it kind of based on those moves. So how do you feel about those two, those two moves that you cited? Well, the first move, the Randy, not the first move, first came Amari Cooper, but the first one I want to talk about, Randy Gregory, just seems like, I mean, it's just, it's almost Keystone Copish here. It's just, how could this happen? You have an agreement. You, you basically let the Broncos set the market. You decided, yeah, that market's okay with you with Randy Gregory. It's very obvious you want him back and you want him back to start for you and play a lot for you because you're going to pay him a lot of money. So all of that, your plan's there. I mean, you're, you're working your plan. It's all okay. And then somehow it falls apart. And it, a lot of people, you know, put the blame in different places. I personally put the blame on about just about everybody who was in the room because I can make excuses or reasons they should be blamed for all of them. You know, mm -hmm. so it's really hard for me to say it was totally the Cowboys. Because I think as an agent, before you say, yeah, I agreed to these parameters, you read the entire contract. You say, yes, this is something I can agree to. But for the Cowboys, I mean, it seems like you couldn't fix that right away. Like they objected. And if you didn't really care, just throw it out and say, fine, it's out, sign the deal. So anyway, I'm going deep in the weeds on this. But basically that one, it kind of hurt because it just felt like incompetence. Now, the mm -hmm, Amari mm -hmm. Cooper one is a little bit different. It really depends on how you view Amari Cooper. 
personally, I don't view him as high as a lot of Cowboys fans do. I'm, if you look at his stats over his career, he's never been dominating. He's never just taken over the league for a season. He's never just had a 1,600-yard season and has 12 touchdowns with it. Or if you look at it, it's all pretty much, you know, some years over 1,000 yards, six, eight touchdowns, but it's not domination. And at that kind of money, 20 million, I kind of want domination. I want a guy who's just walking over defenses, just crushing their souls, you know. And I don't see that from Amari. Now, would I, I probably would not be so strict about the salary cap as Stephen Jones. And I probably would have figured out a way to make it happen that we could keep Amari Cooper. But this comes to the other side of it. And I'd love to hear your guys' input on this side of it. Do you think there's something behind the scenes that the Cowboys don't like about Cooper, whether it's his approach to the game, his, you know, working with teammates? What I don't know what it is, but Oakland gave up on him. Now the Cowboys have given up on him. What is going on there? Yeah, I, for me, Amari Cooper is the, the toughest one because I am really high on him. I, uh, after the whole Dez thing, I developed an appreciation for guys who can separate and uh, Cooper definitely was one of those guys, but it is very confusing to see this go down. And it's not just so much the Cowboys losing um, confidence in Cooper, but just the fact that there were 30 other teams that were not interested in taking on that salary and, and end up going to the Browns. And when the Browns are the, the, the team that's that you're, I mean, that's not something you want to model after, you know, to me and, so it to me it's puzzling I, like I say I'm still really pro Cooper and I feel like this is a mistake but at the same time I um recognize that the Cowboys really haven't done a lot of things to upset me a lot of the choices that they've made they may have upset me at first but later on they turned out okay so you know I'm okay with that Dave, one of the things you were talking about is the fact that he's not a dominant player. And, and I think that that actually is true. But the, part of the puzzle of Amari Cooper is that he's had a couple of games in which he was absolutely dominant and transcendent. And I think actually one of them, which probably was his Cowboys coming out party, was the game against the Eagles the yeah. first year he, he played. where he uh, And he actually had another terrific game against the Redskins as well. So those were both big division rival games, nationally televised games, and Cooper was transcendent and was, uh, you know, long touchdown passes, huge plays that, that changed the game. And I, I really feel like that sort of set the standard for our expectations. And I think when Cowboy fans say, how could they possibly get rid of Amari Cooper? What they really mean is, how could they possibly get rid of that Amari Cooper? The problem is, we haven't seen that Amari Cooper much since then. We've seen flashes of it. You know, he made that amazing catch to sort of help save uh, the Minnesota game last last year you know that sort of stumbling catch in the fourth quarter that, that prolonged I, I think the scoring drive or at least the, the drive that got them close and so there, there have been moments here or there but not a game where he takes over the game in the way you're talking about and and I think you're absolutely right that's what elite receivers who are paid locked like, like top five guys do and Amari to my mind and I and I'm willing to bet to the Cowboys minds didn't do that often enough I don't think they thought he was an alpha dog who had that desire to do that, who, who, who wanted to do that, uh, who was willing to, to um, 
take on the pain that it costs sometimes to do that. Des Bryant would take hits to, to make plays. I don't know that Amari Cooper's that guy. And I think, um, I think that wore on them a little bit. Well, I think, I think you're right. And that's, you're speaking to exactly my feelings, which is if I'm going to pay a athlete that much money, I need him to dominate consistently. I mean, I need him to be doing what Devontae Adams is doing, you know, people like that, which is just crushing teams. And, and with Amari, there's also, you know, there's a lot, there's the injuries. He always seems to have nagging injuries. He's never like really hurt, but he's kind of hurt and it affects his game and he's not able to do. So you, you end up with a lot of, a lot of kind of flat or okay games, like you said, mixed in with a couple of really transcendent games. And you think, why can't I get that Amari Cooper all the time? There's lots of theories on this. Some of it's on the Cowboys. Are they not using him right? Are they not targeting him enough? Is it, you know, is it too crowded? Is Gallup, C.D. Lamb, and Cooper too crowded? Though? You know, there's just a lot of theories. What's Kellen Moore doing? So it's hard to say. But in the end, I'm actually a big fan of Michael Gallup because Michael Gallup can change a game in a second. And I think that if he can stay healthy and they give him top billing with C.D. Lamb, he's going to do a lot of impressive stuff. So that's one reason I'm not, you know, crazy over losing Cooper. I still would have liked to have kept him if we could have done a financially beneficial deal, if something could have been done there. But I get it. I really do. Yeah. You know, speaking of financially you know, beneficial deal. What do you guys think about all the, this is, people are saying that like this off season is just business as usual. This is just what they do. To me, I'm actually, I, I, I think this has a different feel in the sense of they are, they are re-signing a lot of, a lot more players, you know, and not only of their own, because they only really do a, a handful of their own typically, but it seems like they're doing more and they're bringing back the players that, you know, they had signed you know, on, on one-year rentals. They're re-signing those guys. So, I mean, you look at it, you know, we have a 17-game schedule now and you, where depth is crucial. I feel like that the Cowboys are going to go into this draft probably deeper than they've been in a while because they have re-signed all these key players. So, I mean, what are your guys' thoughts on how that's being spread around? Uh, I'll take a quick shot at it. I think to the Cowboys mind, which is very different from the fans mind to the Cowboys mind. They're like, we just went 12 and five. We just won our division. We swept our division. We're a good football team. We're going to resign our players. I mean, last year was a great year until they stumbled in the playoffs. And yes, that's an issue. And that's something that can be talked about in depth and detail why they keep why they can't get past the first rounds of the playoffs or they lose games they should win in the playoffs. But I think in their mind, they're thinking, we're a good football team. We did a lot of great things last year. We're going to re-sign those players for the most part. I, I, I think this, we need a little bit more data to, to, to sort of see this as a trend, but I think it's starting to trend, Dan. Um, and that is that, uh, one of the things that Mike McCarthy wants to do when building a roster is really focus on depth. So I think that they did that last year and, and I think they're doing it again this year. And I think that one of the things he sees is that there's a lot of attrition over the course of the year and um, teams that win do so because those mid-level players come in and are able to make plays. And so um, a team com- composed as the Cowboys were for so many years of stars and scrubs 
when those stars get dinged, what are they going to do? And I think they're going to suffer. And McCarthy understands that it's a it's the baton death march this this NFL season, especially as you as you noted with the extra game. And so, um, if you can if you can say that you know players twenty through or let's say let's say eighteen through thirty five on the roster are guys who are sort of in that five million dollar a year range instead of in that sort of veteran minimum range, then I think you have a lot more confidence that there's that there's dudes who can step up and 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 make plays and um you know affect games positively uh, all throughout the roster and i think that's really what they're going for and and we're seeing that again this year like they're, again they're rewarding the guys who did that for them last year i wouldn't be surprised to see them bring in a couple more guys in in the second and third week of free agency or third week of free agency um who fit that profile and uh, you know, still a few places that we can target. I think that where, where we'll see you guys like that, but that I think that they really want to um, sort of supplement their, their core group of stars with a bunch of guys who make like around, you know, give or take a million, 5 million a year. Yeah. It'd be interesting. I, I'm part of me is intrigued by this new approach, so to speak. And I, uh, you know, I want to see how it goes. I mean, there's a lot of questions and, um, you know, but hey, this, this show is about questions. So speaking of questions, we are going to play a game today called the Spinning Wheel of Trivia Death. And how it works is this. Each of us has prepared a category of trivia questions for the other two. Rabble is going to spin the wheel. When it lands on one of our names, that person will ask the others one of the questions that they have prepared. Rabble, what categories do we have on today's wheel? I'm glad you asked that, sir. Uh, we have three categories, uh, as you suggested, one for each of us. My category will be name that cowboy. I'll give you guys five clues about a former cowboy in descending order of difficulty. In other words, the most difficult first to the least difficult. If you answer after the first clue, which will be impossible, I'd be shocked if you do, uh, you'll get five points after the second clue, four points, and so on. Dan's category is going to be, when was the last time? Uh, for that category, Professor Phantom will present a scenario, and we'll need to determine the last time that happened. So uh, either player can answer. The first one uh, to answer correctly gets two points, but then the other person can say they agree or, or disagree um, before the, before the points are awarded. And, uh, and if they're correct, they can get one point. So there are points, uh, uh, possible for both players. And then Dave's, uh, category is what do you have on draft? And he'll ask questions from the draft section of his big book of college football trivia. And just like with Danny, uh, two points for the first person to answer correctly. Um, the, the other person can say they agree or disagree. And then um, after the answer, uh, they either get a point uh, for being correct or if the, if the other person was incorrect, they have an opportunity to, for, to offer the right answer um, to get two points. So we'll, we'll keep a, a running tally of, um, of the score. Gentlemen, are you ready to play? Yes, let's I'm do this. I'm ready to play, even though right. I didn't know it was about the wheel of death. <laughs> I just thought it was really just playing trivia, but I'm in. Let's so in, the, in this case, what <laughs> death means is that uh, the two people who do not win uh, have to go on Twitter and declare the superiority of the winner. Fair, fair, very fair. So it's, twi- it's Twitter death. Uh, I got so you. Let, Dan, let's spin that wheel. All right.
And the first category is, what do you have on draft? Dave, take it away. Okay. This is my test question to see if I'm asking too easy or too hard of questions for you guys. So this one is going to be my gauge. Quarterback Brett Favre from Southern Miss turned out to be a steal in the second round of the 1991 draft. He became a star for the Green Bay Packers, but they weren't the team that drafted him. Who was the team that drafted him? Uh, that was the Atlanta Falcons, Dave. I have agreed with you. <laughs> oh, okay, so my questions are too easy because you both got it. <laughs> okay, so that means we have two points for Rabble and one for Dan. Dan, spin that wheel. Here we go. And the next category is Name That Cowboy. Okay, gentlemen, are you ready? Oh, man. Ready. Uh, For five points, I lettered in basketball for three years and track for four years in addition to football at Houston's North Shore High School. Oh, man. I only know a few people that went to North Shore High School, and I remember them lettering in golf, so... I will not be able to get this. Uh, I'm not going to be able to get this, but I'll say it was Bill Bates. <laughs> that is not the right answer. So let's try for our four-point question. For four points, I was a starter on what is believed to be the first entirely African-American offensive line in NFL history. Mm. And time's up. For three points, I played in five straight Pro Bowls from 2006 to 2010. Mm. I think I'm narrowing it down now. Oh. Go for it. I keep guessing first, so so we'll give you yours. So if I had two guesses, I think I could get it. But now I got to pick between these two offensive linemen. Um, what was the years again, Rabs? 2006 to 2010. 2006 to 2010. Okay, I, I'm gonna guess uh, Andre Gerard. And you are correct, sir. Bang. Three points for Danny Phantom. Well done. Well done indeed. Okay, Danny, spin that wheel. All right, here we go. And the next category is when was the last time? Dan, take it away. All right. So I'm going to start off with an easy one. At least I think it's easy. Um, So, you know, we talk about how the Cowboys don't ever do anything in free agency. And... I think there's a reason for that. So this question is, when was the last time the Cowboys signed an outside free agent who went on to have a Pro Bowl season with the Cowboys? I'm going to say Leroy Glover. Leroy Glover. Do you agree with that, Dave? Uh, I'll say Brandon Carr. 
You are both wrong. Who did we forget? So actually, initially, my thinking with this question is, in my mind, I had it was um, Ken Hamlin. That is the guy I was thinking, you know, the Cowboys signed him, and then he had a good season and had a Pro mm-hmm. Bowl season, and um, then they gave him a bunch of money and things just didn't. But as it turns out, the answer is Brian Anger. <laughs> Putters don't count. That's cheating. <laughs> so, hey, maybe this is a start of something, uh, something new. Uh, so, actually, back in 2007, they signed uh, Ken Hamlin, and they actually signed Leonard Davis, which is the uh, would have been my second guess to your question, Rabs, if it wasn't Gerard, because um, he went on to have a Pro Bowl season with the Cowboys, too. He did. He did. Yeah. yeah, another outside free agent. So, all right, you ready for me to spin it? Spin that wheel, sir. Here we go. And what do you have on draft as our next category, Dave? Okay. This this question was asked a little bit differently in the book, but I'm going to try to toughen it up a little bit for you guys. Some considered a 1964 draft class among one of the best ever, producing 10 Hall of Fame players. Three of them played for the Cowboys. Who were they? You can get all three, Rebs? Yeah, I got all three. Yeah, all three. Oh, okay, well, you're going to get this. I, I, <laughs> I know the obvious one, at least I think. Um, but so take, take it down, Rebs. Uh, Roger Straubach, um, uh, Bob Hayes, and Mel Renfro. He is correct. Yeah, he is the professor for a reason. He is the professor. You cannot mess with him at all. <laughs> Um, let's spin that wheel, shall we, Dan? Here we go. And, uh, it comes up, when was the last time? Dan, that's your question. Take it away. Right. Okay. Let's see here. So I'm going to. Sticking with the same kind of theme as last time, I want you to tell me. So the Cowboys are have been great in the first round, drafting offensive players. We all know that. Defense, not so much. So I want you to tell me when was the last time a Cowboys defensive first round pick was given a second multi-year contract with the Cowboys. I've only got one thought. I can't believe it's been that long. What do you got, Dave? DeMarcus Ware? I agree. Yeah. Yeah. If you look back crazy, I mean, like, so Van Der Esch, you know, he, we signed him to a one-year prove-it deal and, uh, you know, this off season. So he still has a chance to change that. Micah obviously is going to be the guy that, that changes it. But if you go back and look, you know, even Byron Jones, you know, we, after his fifth year option, he's gone. You know, the Cowboys missed on Morse Claiborne. It's just the list goes on. But, you know, Bobby Carpenter. Bobby just, Carpenter, yeah. It's just, Anthony Spencer played for a couple of years, but I think it was a series of one-year contracts, not a multi-year. Wasn't he deal. a second rounder? 
Uh, no, he was a no. I think he. he I think he, he was a first round. They traded back. Yeah, up that's the right. They traded in to get him. That's right. But here's the deal yeah. with Spencer, and maybe this would qualify. So he was tagged twice. So he never mm-hmm. got a multi-year deal. He was That's tagged right. once, right. and then he was so tagged. So technically, you're right. Yeah. So it's crazy. Yeah. It's, yeah. So Demarcus Ware. That's yeah. It's been it's been that long since the Cowboys have actually been able to give a multi-year deal to one of their defensive first rounders. So, all right, ready for me to spin the wheel? Uh, before you do, I just want to give everybody a little uh, a little uh, midway uh, score here assessment. Uh, right now, we have a two-way tie. Uh, Dan with four points. I have four points, and Dave, thanks to that answer, has two points. Uh, All right. Losing again. <laughs> let's, let's, let's spin that wheel, shall we? Here we go. You guys are in for a treat. Here's another edition of oh. Name That Cowboy. Oh, th- th- this is the segment where Rabs embarrasses us. <laughs> yeah, that's what, that's that's what, what it should be called. Rabs. That's what it should listen, be called. <laughs> listen, I'll be honest with you. There's no way I could answer these five-point questions. <laughs> but but five points is, is uh, you know, it's it's a big prize. So, uh, All right. you know, we're going to set the bar high. Okay, so here's here's our next player. For five points, I won two championships as a collegian and two Super Bowls during my NFL career. I don't think he won two. I'm just going to say Michael Irvin, but I don't think he won two collegiates. Danny, do you have an answer? I My guess would be Dorsett, and I, but I don't know. Both of you are incorrect. Next, but, 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 but very good guesses. Uh, next, four, four points. The Cowboys selected me on the first day of the 1990 draft. Oh, on the first day. So, uh, man, I, I know who they picked number one overall in 1990, but who else was picked on the first day? Yeah, that's what I'm trying to, I cannot come up with who else was picked. Goodness. So I'm going to get, I have a guess. So I'm going to guess Russell, Maryland. I was, that's actually a good guess. Very good guess. Very good guess. Uh, That's not correct. (laughs) I figured Uh, he he just teases us a little bit. Very (laughs) good guess, sucker. That was a really, (laughs) really great guess. And uh, you're getting close Uh, for three points. In my time in Dallas, I had more sacks, 19, than I did starts, 16. I don't know. Jim Jeffcoat? <laughs> oh, man. I think, I, th- I you know, I think um, I am on this. I think they're on the right, right page there. I want to say Jimmy Jones. That would be my guess. And you are correct for three points, sir. Oh, God. Jimmy Jones? Is it? Yes, it was Jimmy Jones. Won two championships in Miami, two more Super Bowls uh, with the Cowboys. And actually, interesting interesting bit of trivia. Uh, he was the one who blocked the famous uh, field goal on, on Thanksgiving Day that Leon Lett touched. Oh. 
to let the, to allow yes. the Dolphins to um, kick the game-winning field goal. Field goal. That was actually the next question. Okay. Well <laughs> done. Well done, everybody. Let's spin that wheel, sir. Here we go. And it comes up. What do you have on draft, Dave? What have you got for us? Okay. Here's another easy one for y'all. Which cornerback out of Stanford wasn't selected until the fifth round in 2011, partly because he spent time as a wide receiver in college? Richard Sherman. He is correct. I wouldn't have got that, so. (laughs) Fair enough. Okay. Uh, Let's spin that wheel. Here we go. Back to you, Dan, with another edition of When Was the Last Time? My question is, what position have the, have the Cowboys gone the longest without drafting in the first round? Quarterback. For bonus points, who else was drafted in the first round that year? With Aikman? Uh, wasn't it like Kelvin Pritchett? No, they got Steve Walsh in the, like a supplemental draft. Oh, yeah, the supplemental draft. Yeah, yeah. Didn't they, guess, did they get Walsh Pritchett first or Aikman first? I, I think they got Aikman first, and then they had the supplemental draft. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And, then, and then Jimmy was thinking about going with Walsh over Aikman. Gee. <laughs> yes, Aikman. Yeah, that's right. All right, we have – so uh, a quick scoring update with two, with two, more, um, uh, two more spins of the wheel left. Uh, currently Dan is in the lead with seven points. I'm close on his heels with six and Dave is still in the game with four. All right, let's spin it. Spin that wheel. Here we go. Oh, you guys are going to be very happy to hear that it's once again time to name that cowboy. Oh, brother. No. All right. (laughs) All right. So for five points, I was a two-sport All-American at the University of Oregon in both football and track and led the Ducks in rushing for three straight seasons. Danny, you're an Oregon guy. Oh, I know, but it's it the, seems perfectly for him. It's the Ducks, though. So, <laughs> hmm. um, oh, my goodness. Nah, I don't got it. I, I don't got it either. I may get it with right. the next one, though. We'll... All right, here we go. So, uh, for four points, as a rookie, I led the NFL in both punt return and kickoff return yardage. I'm going to feel really dumb when I hear who this is. It seems like it should be obvious. Um, I, man, I have a, I have a name on, on the tip of my tongue, but I can't even get it out. Uh, um, no, no guess for me right now. I will say this is the toughest of, of the three. Uh, you're, I, I, I can see you both just, just so happy yeah, about we're that. we're just lost. Uh, <laughs> for, for, for three points, I'm fourth in Cowboys history in pro football references approximate value metric. 
<laughs> just in front of Tony Dorsett and Two Tall Jones. Um, Calvin Hill. <laughs> um, I was leaning towards Hill, but I'm going to say Bob Hayes. Just to be different. It's a great guess. It's a great guess. It's 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 you're getting closer. You guys are that, you guys are actually getting closer. So uh, th- this is the one that should give it away. I was a member of the Cowboys, Dave, 1964 draft class that featured three Hall of Famers. 1964 draft. I guarantee I looked at this when I was reading about that draft Mm -hmm. and I just can't do uh, it. There's a reason I knew the answer to that question. (laughs) (laughs) I don't know. He was later. I can't come up with him. Gosh. I feel like I would get it Uh, with the multiple choice. (laughs) I think you would, yeah. Um... Uh, end this torment. End it, please. Yeah. <laughs> for, for one point, and listen carefully to this question. Uh, I was elected to 10 consecutive Pro Bowls and was an All-Pro four times in 1964, in 65, in 69, the year I led the league in interceptions, and 1972. Cliff Harris? I mean, I can't be Mel Blood, can it? Because we already talked about Mel. I mean, not Mel Blood, but uh, Mel Renfro. We already talked about him. <laughs> Did we talk about Renfro? Yeah, it was part of the draft question that I had. Okay. That doesn't mean we can't talk about him again. I'm gonna... Oh, well, I'll go with Mel Renfro. I, I will agree with uh, Dave there. And both of you get one point. All right. I, I don't that know why that was bad play on my part. I kept thinking it's not Mel Renfro because we already talked about Mel Renfro. Well, that I, was I, bad play. I should have just said Mel Unfortunately, Renfro. like because these co- questions are so complicated, I couldn't come up with another one on the fly. So when you introduced yours, I had to keep, I had to sort of stick with mine. Ah. And the truth of the matter is uh, the first question is a red herring because, you know, it, we talked about him leading the the ducks in in uh, in rushing for three straight years, which he did do. Yeah, but, but he was also a, you know an all American right. defensive back. All right, right, so we have one more spin of the wheel, and uh, it's still anybody's game. All right, here spin that wheel, sir. Here we go. And to close it out, we have one more question from Dave's Big Book of College Trivia. What do you have on draft? All right. We are going to go back to, let's see which one I want to do here. I'm going to see if I can get a little bit harder one, but Danny might get this because it's up in his area. There's not always poor play or injuries that can short circuit a player's career. Which defensive end from Oregon in the 2013 draft's career was derailed by failed drug tests and performance-answing drugs? You say he's an edge rusher? He he played defensive end. Defensive, okay. 
Uh, let's say he's an edge, but I think most people consider him a defensive end, yes. Uh, 2013, you say? Yep, from Oregon. From Oregon. Picture him. I, I can picture who he was drafted by, and I can't think of his name. You can Danny, to... if you can come up with a name, I can agree. No, <laughs> I, I think I think they should give us a clue. He was drafted by the Miami Dolphins. Uh, that's mm. right. I, he was drafted sixth overall by the Dolphins, I think, but I can't remember. His oh my name. goodness! Oh my goodness! Oh man! Oh, uh, Dion Jordan. I agree. I agree. And that seals the win for the great Danny Phantom. So the final Whoa. scores, the final scores are Dave with five points. I had seven points and Dan with a commanding victory with 10 total oh. points in our trivia oh. game. Well Double done, sir. Wow. Crushed. Double digits. We were crushed. Well Upset done. city. Up. That was a that was a '92 Cowboys style victory. You took the lead <laughs> yeah, and just indeed. kept pounding and never gave it up. Well, listen, guys, this was really fun. Uh, Dave, thanks so much for coming on. It was awesome. Um, for those of you uh, who want to get a hold of Dave, you can obviously find him uh, at Blogging the Boys. He has just joined Twitter, so uh, his Twitter handle is at uh, Dave underscore Halpern. And Dave, if you could, can you please tell people a little bit more about your book? about the writing of it and where people can find it. Sure. Love to. Uh, well, the book is, uh, I was approached by a publisher. They had an idea for a book and they wanted to, you know, they were trying to find someone to write it. And I talked to them a little bit about it. It looked like a good fit. So we went ahead with the project. They had a really, you know, nice format here where for those of you who have read the book, it's really broken up into a lot of different categories. So you can kind of jump around you can go to what interests you. I know Danny said the draft section really interested him a lot. Mm -hmm. So he read that one really quickly and checked it out. And um, there's also little tidbits of history stuck in there. So you'll learn, you know, things about how they chose national champions, which today seems very obvious, kind of the way we do it. But the history of that is crazy. So there's things about that. There's just... There's a lot of little stuff stuffed in there. And it's it's not even just, you know, just dry facts. There's stuff about like movies, sports movies. And there are things about music, how music has played a role, how mascots have played a role. There's just a lot of different ground covered. It was a it was a pretty intensive project. It took a long time. It took a lot of late nights researching the internet, looking up sources. But in the end, I really loved it. I thought it came out really great. Um, so now it was just released officially yesterday on Amazon. So if you go on to Amazon, look for the big book of college trivia, look for my name. It's there, it's $12.99 for our paperback. Um, would love for anybody listening to go out, give it an order, read it. Hopefully you'll enjoy it uh, as much as I did in writing it. And it's good times and very excited about it. I have to say, as an old head who started watching college football in the late 70s, um, it was not only 
a great deal of fun, but it brought back a lot of memories. Yeah, I really, yeah. it really, it really took me down memory lane. I was like, oh, of course, that that great bowl game. You know, just those things you you forget until you're reminded. And you have to think extra hard to try to figure out a trivia question. So I think that's an added bonus. Uh, I have to agree with you. I, when I was writing it, that exact thing happened to me. I was like, oh yeah, I remember when that happened. You know, I remember when Woody Hayes punched that linebacker for Clemson in the bowl game you know mm-hmm. I remember actually that's how old I am but I remember actually seeing that mm-hmm. you know and so things like that kind of just happened throughout the book so it was really fun to write it uh, it was fun to read it I, I sat down and, and read the thing cover to cover the, the day it arrived so Dave thanks so much for coming on really appreciate it best of luck with your book and uh, we really hope to have you you know have you on again sometime because this was this was great uh, getting a chance to reconnect again Yep. Love to be back on anytime and appreciate it. And I'll talk to you guys later. Good seeing you, Dave. You too. No, that was great talking with Dave Rabs. It's, uh, you know, of course, we we both have history and, you know, been a long time, you know, writing with the blog. And then just uh, we've known Dave for a while. It's just actually really fun to um, to talk with him. And, you know, it's I was really surprised that he you know, put together this book, had no idea that he was doing it and, uh, love the book. It's just very cleverly written. And, uh, so great time this week. Um, but what do we have going on next week? Ah, next week, we have a good one for you all. Uh, we're going to have as our special guest, Brianna Dix, and we're going to, uh, because the Oscars are happening at the end of March, we're going to have a little Oscar theme here. Uh, so we're going to pick Brianna's brain about the recent doings at the star and play a game that we're going to call, and the winner is, so nice. that should be fun. Can't wait for that. But that is our show for today. If you haven't yet, please do subscribe to the Blog and the Boy Podcast Network. Leave us a rating, write a review wherever you get your podcast, Apple, Spotify, iTunes, Stitcher. Tell us what you think, anything you would like to see us do differently to improve your podcast listening experience. And if you ever want to talk to us at all about Cowboys Hot Topics, favorite draft prospects, or have you ever been close to turning in your Cowboys fan card? Let us know. Hit us up on Twitter. I'm at DannyFanum24. And Rabs is at RabbleRazzle, spelled R-A-B-B-L-E-R-O-U-S-R. And don't forget to check out all the great podcasts throughout the entire week. Every day we got something new for you. Tomorrow we'll have Cowboys Oi with Mauricio Rodriguez. And Sunday we'll have the World's Team with Meg Murray and Paul Stewart. So make sure to check those out. But that's all we have for today. Thanks for hanging out with us. Hope you have a great weekend. Stay safe. Stay happy. Stay true to the silver and blue. And we will catch you later. Blast dismissed. More to-dos, less time, and an infinite number of tools to keep track of. Sometimes doing business has never felt harder. But you don't need a miracle to hit your goals. You can just use HubSpot because their all-in-one customer platform can make growing your business infinitely easier. Imagine this, high-quality leads, fast-closing deals, wildly happy customers, and more benchmark-breaking quarters. It's not a miracle, it's HubSpot. Visit HubSpot.com to get started today.